Welcome to the Everyday Style School podcast, where we believe life is better when you love the way you look. Style doesn't have to be complicated, and getting dressed can actually be fun. It's time to ditch that closet full of nothing to wear and instead create a fabulous functional wardrobe that makes you feel stylish, confident, and ready for anything. I'm your host, Jennifer Mackey Mary, and I've been dressing real women for almost 20 years. There isn't a body type or wardrobe challenge I haven't seen. And in this podcast, I'll share practical lessons from my journey that you can use to make creating a look you love easier than you ever imagined. Get ready to love getting dressed again. Hey there, welcome back to the Everyday Style School podcast, where we believe that style should be easy and getting dressed can be fun. You may have noticed that there was not an episode last week. I got a cold and completely lost my voice. So if I sound a little off and a little scratchy today, my apologies, but that would be why. I do want to say though that for a while, the Style School is going to be going bi-weekly with episodes from me, and I'll be sharing students and visiting professors as bonus episodes when I can. The reason for this is that for the next couple of months, creating and launching the Fall Capsule Guiding Community pretty much rules my life. I am committed to making this the best guide and best group ever, so I'll be focusing my energies there a little bit more, but don't worry. I have got some amazing professors lined up that I know you're just going to love. There will be no shortage of style advice coming your way. Okay, here's what's going on in the style school today. In the word of the week, we are talking about shawl collars. I know it is hot as Hades in a lot of areas out there, but cardigans and jackets and blazers are starting to pop up in stores, and I want you to be ready and know what to look for. I've got one of my favorite quotes for you in philosophy, and in the Everyday Style Lecture, we're talking about one of the scariest fashion concepts. This is something that almost every woman I've worked with has wanted no part of, and yet every woman's closet is full of it. That's right, friends. Today, we're talking about trends and what the word trend truly means. To quote Inigo Montoya from The Princess Bride, this is showing how nerdy I am, you keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means, but stay tuned. We'll find out. Before we get started, though, I want to share a super kind review left on the Apple Podcast app from one of our listeners. This is from NC Mom to C, and she had this to say, loving this information. I just listened to the first three episodes and want to go revamp my entire closet. No wonder things weren't fitting me right and I was so unhappy. Listen to Jennifer. You will be amazed and learn the right way to dress for you to be your fabulous self. Aw, thank you, NC Mom to see. Thank you again for your kind words. I am so happy to hear that you are dressing for your fabulous self. And if anything I've said helps you get closer to the style you want to have and the person you want to be, I am absolutely honored to be a part of that. Thank you. Hey, if you are listening and loving the podcast and have a minute to leave a review, it means the world to me. Also, reviews tell other women what kind of information they can find on the show and if this is something they might like to listen to. So thanks for taking a minute to leave those awesome five-star reviews. All right, let's get this party started, as always, with today's lesson from Linda. Today's Linda called me because she wanted to look more polished at work. I love working with working clients. When I got to her house, we talked about her style. 
And she told me she really liked high quality, nicer things for her quote unquote real life. But there was this small subset of her life where she just wore casual things that were low maintenance. I dug a little bit deeper about this little chunk of her life that needed clothes that weren't her real style. It was her work, which required her to be physical. It required her to move freely and she needed to wear easy care clothing. So we got that down and we agreed that her job had to have these kinds of clothes. So that was kind of her Monday through Friday with the exception of meetings. So then I asked her if she changed when she got home into her real clothes. She said, no, she stayed in her work things. She's also super, super active in a gorgeous, walkable neighborhood. So on weekends, she said she just ended up in her casual sort of knock around clothes too. So that's Monday through Friday with the exception of some meetings plus Saturday and Sunday. I asked if she went out to lots of nice dinners and she said, no, dinners tend to be casual at local neighborhood spots. I asked if they went to lots of dressy events, and she said, no, they tended to be a more low-key family. Do you see where this is going? Finally, I got Linda to understand that the clothes she didn't care about because they were only for a small, small part of her life were actually the clothes she was wearing day in and day out. She agreed, she understood, and she agreed that we needed to flip our point of view on what her lifestyle actually looked like and to recognize that these who cares, just sometimes clothes were the clothes that she was wearing every day, day in and day out, and build her wardrobe accordingly from that perspective. So we started going through her clothes, bottoms first, of course. First pair, cute, not a great fit. And she said, well, I'll keep these because I like the feel of them, okay? Second pair, again, not a great fit, but not terrible otherwise. She said, well, I don't care. I'll keep them for walking around the neighborhood. Third pair, a little dated, way too big. She said, well, I'll keep those because they're good when it's hot. Same story all the way through. Linda's closet was filled with clothes that she was totally ambivalent about, but that she kept because they were passable, if not perfect. Now, Linda called me in part because she felt like she had nothing to wear, but in fact, she had a ton of clothes. What she didn't have, as is the case with a lot of my clients, was clothes that made her feel and look the way she wanted for the life she really lived. There are two big lessons I want you to take away from this, Linda. The first one is this. The way you spend the majority of your time is your lifestyle. So many women have a vision of what their style and their lifestyle is and how they like to dress, but it doesn't align with the way they really spend their time. So they buy clothes for this ideal life and say, who cares? It doesn't matter to the rest of their wardrobe and then feel frumpy and bad because they literally spend all their time in frumpy who cares clothes and they feel guilty and sad because they have all these pretty clothes that they never get to wear. If you love a good sheath dress and heels, but you spend your time as a preschool teacher, buy clothes you love for your preschool teacher life. I'm not saying spend a ton of money on these things, but fit makes a huge difference. Condition of the clothing makes a huge difference, as do adding in colors and prints and silhouettes that make you happy. Don't default to the basic black and gray, whatever's cheapest, this is on sale, just because you think you're dressing for a life you don't care about. This is your life. Start dressing in a way that makes you feel the way you want to feel. Marry what you need to do with how you want to look. That is the key to fabulous everyday style. The second lesson is that great style has never been 
and will never be built on a wardrobe full of, eh, it's fine. When I think about my most transformative clients, they've been the ones who've let me take fine out of their wardrobes. Most women think I'm just there to come in and take out the bad, and then they'll have a magical wardrobe, but that's not the case at all. Yep, there's always some bad. Everybody's got some stuff that needs to go, but what's standing between you and the look you want is the fine. The pants that don't fit great, but hey, they can be put in the dryer. The t-shirt you don't love, but there's nothing really wrong with it. This is the stuff that you bought without intention, the things you bought on sale, the extra tees you bought in every color, even though they're not amazing. And this stuff makes up the majority of the closets I've been in and maybe a big chunk of your wardrobe as well. I want to leave you with this. Until you are ready to part with the things you don't care about to make room for the things you love, you'll never have the look you want. It's not the bad that's standing between you and the amazing personal style you want. It's the, eh, it's fine. All right, let's move on to the word of the week. Today, I want to talk about shawl collars. Two words, first one shawl, last one collar. You're a smart crowd, don't need to spell it for you. But why the heck am I talking about collars that are frequently found on cardigans and jackets in August? Well, fall clothes, they are a coming, and I want you to be ready. When you get the fall capsule guide and you set out to find that great cardigan, I want you to know if this is a good one for you or not. So let's start with what it is. A shawl collar is a rolled or turned down collar that goes straight into the lapels with no notches and continues down the front of the garment. As always, if you're having trouble with what this looks like, head to the show notes where I've got examples. Let's do under $50 this time. Here's what a shawl collar does. It extends the visual line of the shoulder up onto the neck. In Jennifer terms, it gives you what I call shoulder creep, where your shoulder creeps all the way up your neck. Now, is this always a bad thing? Nope, not at all. Lots of bodies could appreciate a wider shoulder line. Pairs, for example, who want to balance out their lower halves, or the woman who once said to me, my neck is so long and skinny, I don't know how my head stays on. First of all, Linda, that is not how anatomy and physiology work. Also, here's a shawl collar cardigan to cure you of the thing literally everyone else in the world wants. So if you've ever thought to yourself, I wish my shoulders were broader or I wish my neck looked shorter, this collar is for you. On the flip side, if you feel like you flirt with looking like a WWE wrestler sometimes, I would avoid this one. I've got broader shoulders, and let's just say that my head is firmly attached to my body, if you know what I mean, and this is one of the least flattering collars on me. I avoid it at all costs. Now, if you fall somewhere in the middle, you don't have broad shoulders, you don't have super narrow shoulders, you don't have a short neck, you don't have a long neck, give it a try. It's, they're very, very common, but pay attention to how wide your shoulders look and how long your neck is, and if it's a look that you like, go for it. Let's move on to philosophy. Today, I want to share one of my favorite fashion quotes, and it's from fashion designer Tom Ford, who is the former creative director for both Gucci and Yves Saint Laurent. Here's what he said. There's a different kind of comfort that comes from knowing that you are putting your best foot forward. It's called psychological comfort. Oh, I love this quote 
because as this world has gone comfy, dare I say sloppy, we've gained one type of comfort, but frankly, we've lost another. There is a tremendous amount of comfort in feeling pulled together and polished. You feel confident. You feel ready for anything. And the funny thing is, when you see a woman who is dressed really, really comfortably, dare I say sloppy, they often look really uncomfortable, not necessarily physically uncomfortable, but uncomfortable in their own skin. You know, the chances are you don't need to be able to take a nap at a moment's notice or break into a complicated dance routine in the grocery store. We don't need to be as comfortable as we are, but in doing so, we've given up so, so, so much psychological comfort. So I'm going to throw you a challenge and it's your homework, spoiler alert. Do me a favor and one day this week, just one, give up a little physical comfort just a little, to gain a little psychological comfort. It could be putting on a little heel or pants with an actual number in the back or a blouse instead of a tee. See what the trade-off really feels like and if it's worth it. I'm going to look forward to seeing your outfits and hearing about it in the Everyday Style Lounge on Facebook. When we come back, we're talking about the concept of trends, what you really mean when you say trendy, and while you're probably thinking about it all wrong. Hang on. Hey there, September 1st will be here before you know it, and that's when the Fall Capsule Guide comes out. You know I create the capsules because they help women have more style with less stuff, but one of the biggest benefits is how easy they make your morning routines. But don't take it from me. Listen to Kristen M. share what she loves about the capsule. I love how the capsule has simplified things for me. No more random pieces clogging up my closet that I don't know what to wear um, with what. So I'm thankful for that. And it's simplified my wardrobe and helped me when I wake up in the morning so that I know I have options and know exactly what to do. If you're on my email list, you'll know as soon as the fall guide launches. If you're not on my email list, head to the show notes at youreverydaystyle.com forward slash podcast. Click on episode 13 and sign up. I'll even send you a free mini capsule guide to get you started. In today's lecture, we are discussing the concept of trends. I'm not telling you what's trending right now. I want to talk about the concept of trends as a bigger idea. This is a word that makes women run screaming in horror. Ah, oh, trends, no. Okay, maybe it's not that dramatic, but probably 80% of my clients have said to me, I don't want to be trendy. So let's talk about what this word really means and what you really mean when you say it. I talked about this concept way back in episode six when we talked about wide leg pants, but I wanted to dig a little bit deeper. This topic actually came to mind this week because I was thinking back to a talk I gave last fall. The Q&A portion opened up and the first question I got was this, with women's trends changing so fast, how do you know you're not wasting money? I asked her to give me an example, and she said, there's a gingham blouse I love, but I don't want it to look out of style next year. So friends, let's unpack this little conversation, shall we? First of all, let's look at the dictionary definition of trend. One definition is what's popular now, especially in women's apparel. But the other definition is this, the general course or prevailing tendency or a drift as in current trends in education or the trend in the forecast. We tend to only think of trends as the first definition, but I want you to think of trends in, ter- ter- 
sorry, we tend to only think of trends as the first definition, but I want you to think of trends in terms of the second. Wider leg pants are trending. That's what we talked about in episode six. It is the general drift away from the skinnier pants toward a wider leg silhouette. That's it. It's not a hard and fast stop for skinnies. No one's burning their J. Crew matchsticks in a communal bonfire. It's just a slow drift. It's been happening for years now towards something new. That feels a lot more manageable, doesn't it? But there's another word I want to talk about. And I think it's the word women really mean when they say trend. Here it is it's the word fad. Fad, F A D. Here's the dictionary definition a temporary fashion, notion, manner of conduct, etc., especially one followed enthusiastically by a group. It is the word temporary that women are afraid of, afraid of wasting money on something that will be so out of style next year that they'll be ridiculed in the neighborhood Facebook group. Given these definitions, my advice to you is this, stop being afraid of trends and instead watch out for fads. But how do you know which is which? Here are a few simple ways. The first question you need to ask yourself is this. Ready? Is this a thing marketed to you? Is this a thing marketed to you? I'm guessing that if you are listening to this, you are a woman in her 30s, 40s, 50s, and maybe beyond. You are not a follower of ultra high fashion or street style. You don't wait with bated breath for your issue of Vogue to hit your mailbox. You shop in major retail stores like Loft, Ann Taylor, Banana Republic, Gap, J. Crew, etc. Friends, I fall into all these categories, and I have to tell you, we are a pretty fad proof group. When I think of some recent trends that have happened, like dabbing or flossing, clear accessories, celery juicing, tiny handbags, and bike shorts as pants, I can honestly say that not one woman I personally know has been a part of any of these. My networking events have not kicked off with group flossing, and my PTA meetings have not had one woman wearing bike shorts, carrying a tiny miniature handbag in attendance. Take comfort in the fact that if you and your friends are into it, it's probably a trend, not a fad. Now, if your tween or teen is into it and all her friends are too, good chance it's a fad. That is your first clue. Now, the second question you have to ask yourself is this. Was it everywhere all at once or did it show up slowly? Trends are like a wave. They start kind of from nothing in the ocean and they get bigger and bigger as they drift toward shore until they're noticeable. Fads are more like a tsunami. One minute everything is calm and there's no movement movement to be found and the next water is everywhere. They seem inescapable. The third question is, Is it something you've never seen before, or at least not in the last like 20 years, or is it just a reworking of what's already out there? For example, the gingham blouse Linda was afraid to buy, I'm guessing she'd seen gingham before. It's not exactly a revolutionary pattern. I'm also guessing she was familiar with blouses, right? That's a trend, a reworking of things we've seen before. Now, Contrast that with the very short-lived fad of having clear knee panels on jeans, like 
clear plastic knee panels. That's something most people had never seen before and probably don't ever want to see again. Trends are often new interpretations or variations of things we've seen before. Fads are usually totally new or a lot less subtle variation. Now, if you're thinking, hmm, I never saw those jeans. Yes, because of my first point. It was not made for you and it wasn't marketed to you. You are fad proof for the most part. For a laugh though, I'll link to them in the show notes. They're they're pretty ridiculous. Which brings me to point number four, question number four to ask yourself. Is it a little bit ridiculous and impractical? Let's use the gingham blouse again as an example. Is a basic plaid blouse ridiculous and impractical? I think we can all agree, no. Now, maybe it's not your style, but at its core, it's a pretty normal, pretty wearable top. Clear knee jeans? Ridiculous? Check. Impractical? I have to think that gets pretty hot and sweaty in there, so I'm going to go ahead and say yes. This one doesn't always ring true, but often fads don't have the wearability to live long. And I'm looking at you, jelly shoes. The biggest difference between trends and fads is the lifespan. Fads live for a season or two at most and then disappear. Trends come on slowly, stay in our orbit for years, and then fade away slowly, only to reappear, usually in a slightly altered version, a decade later or so. So now that you know the difference between trends and fads, let's talk about trends a little bit more. The first thing I'd like to do is change the way we talk about trends. There are some words that I'd love to see us all get rid of, and I've got some suggestions for replacements. The first word is actually the word trendy. I try not to use this word. To me, it implies faddish and makes women afraid to invest in pieces they love. I prefer the word current or even on trend, which to me signifies an understanding of the way fashion is drifting a desire not to look dated, but stops just short of that here today, gone tomorrow mentality trendy implies. It may be a tiny little difference, but let me ask you this. Would you like your outfit to look trendy? How about, would you like your outfit to look current? Would you like your outfit to look on trend? If those words feel different for you and better like they do for me, I encourage you to use those instead and get the word trendy out of your vocabulary. The other thing you'll hear me say a lot is that something is having a moment. Let's take the color green, for example. This summer, green is definitely having a moment. It isn't like we've never seen the color green before, or that after summer 2019, this hue will disappear forever and you will look so 2019 in your green shirt. It's always been out there. It always will be out there. But right now, it's just a little more out there. It is, as I say, having a moment. Linda's gingham blouse was having a moment. Now, the second word I'd like us to get rid of is the word out. As in, are these jeans out? Again, to me, this is a word that implies a fad where something is either clearly in or clearly out. That's not the way true trends work. It takes a long time for something that was at one point on trend to be fully noticeably out of style, usually years and years. When working with clients, I like to use the word dated instead. To me, a dated item is one that is not on trend or current anymore and can clearly be identified to a specific time period. 
For example, a crew neck cashmere sweater from 2004 is not dated. It may be old, but it's not dated. It wasn't really trendy in the first place, and you can't really pinpoint when that sweater was bought. On the other hand, low-rise bling butt bootcut jeans are dated. They were a very noticeable trend, and they're not anymore, and they can be pinpointed to a very specific time period. Now, it is true that nothing you truly love should be gotten rid of just because the world says it's not the latest and greatest. So if you love it and you wear it, that's the key, and feel great in it, you rock those Britney jeans, girl. I'm not going to take them away from you if you love them and wear them, but otherwise they look a little dated. All right. Now that we've got our vocabulary sorted out, it's important to note that no one, including you, is trend-proof. Every single thing you're wearing is or was at one time a trend. Clothes were a trend. The fact that you're not naked was at one point in history pretty trendy. Now it's the norm. Will it always be the norm? I'm guessing yes, but you know, never say never. Pretending you don't take part in trends is untrue whether you like it or not. Whether you are taking part in current trends, well, that's up to you. Also, just because you just saw it doesn't make it a trend, and just because you just bought it doesn't make it a classic. Let me explain. There may be things that you notice one day and say, hmm, that's new. That must be trendy. I want none of that. Again, going with my fad-proof concept from earlier, chances are once it gets to you, especially if you're a person who hasn't shopped for a living, it's well past the flash and the pan phase. The innovators and the early adopters have already adopted it. When you're seeing it for the first time in stores like Loft, you're already a part of the early majority. Now, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, I'm going to put a link to a diffusion curve in the show notes. Again, boy, I'm really showing my nerdy side on this episode, but that's okay. Now, on the flip side, even if you're a person who avoids trends at all costs, the fact that you bought something you love does not mean it's forever trend-proof. Classics are tricky and not as widespread as people think. I always say that categories are classic, individual pieces are not. Let's take a classic black suit for example. Women are always telling me that their suits are classics. Sure, the idea of a suit is, but think about a black suit from the 70s and then the 80s. Anybody else thinking about working girl? And then the 90s gave us Allie McBeal suits. So here we have a classic category, but none of those would be considered classic looks. Trends are always evolving. Fabrics are changing. Collars are changing. Hemlines are changing. The rise on pants are changing. Also, the less you spend on your clothes, the less classic they are. A Chanel black suit, classic. A Loft or Ann Taylor black suit, not so much. Here's another thing I want to share with you about trends. Trends, as we've always known them, are dead. They are absolutely dead. You know, where it feels like there's one major trend and it's hard to find anything else, that's gone. The world and the fashion industry has become so diverse that whatever you like, you can find. I remember a couple of years ago, curved hems were kind of the thing. It seemed like they were everywhere. However, plenty of stores carried plenty of tops that did not feature a curved hem. So if that wasn't something you that you wanted, you could look a little harder and find it. 
Now, currently the trend in tops is that they're getting shorter and that may be a norm we see for a while, who knows, but I guarantee you, you'll always be able to find longer tops. There will always be stores and brands that fits your needs and your style and your aesthetic. This is the greatest gift that online shopping has given us, the ability to find whatever we need, wherever we are. You may have to look a little harder to find what you need, but it is out there. Women say to me all the time, the only thing that's out there is fill in the blank, ruffles, cold shoulder tops, midi skirts, whatever. I can't buy anything I like. Honestly, Linda, you're not trying hard enough because while all of these things have had or are having their moments, you could still buy a million things that are not ruffled or cold shouldered or midi length. If you mean that the one store you went to only had these things, I would encourage you to try more than one store. Try two, try even three. It's out there. You've just got to look for it. Now, before we wrap up, I want to share why this matters. I see women all the time using, I don't want to waste money on a trend as an excuse for not buying things they love. They want to play it safe. They don't want to push it. So they use the excuse that they don't want to buy things that are not going to be in style next year. That gingham blouse, Linda had pretty expensive taste and it wasn't from Target. She wanted a really great gingham blouse, but she talked herself out of it and used, I don't want to waste money on a trend as an excuse. I hear this all the time in the capsule community. Should I buy X? Will it be in style next year? And my answer is always the same. Do you love X? And will you want to wear it next year regardless if it's having a moment still or not? Those are the questions you need to answer. Buy it because you love it. Buy it because you want to wear it regardless of what everyone else is wearing. By the way, buying something simply because it's a trend is also lazy. It lets you get out of putting thought into what you want your style to be and buying with intention. There will be trends you love and trends you don't. Don't hesitate to go all in on the ones you love and completely avoid the ones you don't. But let's worst case scenario this for just a second. What if you did accidentally participate in a short-lived trend or a fad? You bought a top this summer you liked and next year you really felt like it was out. So what? If you took money from your kid's college fund for it or didn't pay your electric bill so you could have it, you should feel bad about that. But you should feel bad about that if you do those things for any piece of clothing. If you spend an affordable amount that you could afford to lose on an item you loved for only a short time, so what? I'm not saying this should be a long-term strategy for your wardrobe, but if it happened once or twice a decade, you'll survive. And in those moments, you'll have clothes you love. Don't let the fear of being trendy hold you back. Finally, when you stop participating in trends altogether, you look dated. You look like you got stuck in a time warp and didn't realize the world kept moving forward. And it makes you look older than you really are. You don't have to shop at Forever 21. After all, those are probably fads. But updating your basics each decade probably isn't a bad idea. It keeps you looking current and youthful. All right, friends, that is it. Your homework this episode is to one day give up a tiny bit of physical comfort to gain a little bit more psychological comfort that comes from knowing you have put your best foot forward. I can't wait to hear the results in the Everyday Style Lounge on Facebook. Um, Have a great week and I will see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Everyday Style School podcast. Class is dismissed for the day, but if you'd like to continue the conversation, head over to my free Facebook group, The Everyday Style Lounge. 
You can also visit my website for show notes, downloads, and links to resources we discussed during the episode. Go to youreverydaystyle.com forward slash podcast. Finally, be sure to subscribe to The Style School wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, I'd love if you'd leave a review and even share with your friends. Thanks so much. We'll see you back in class next week.